0: You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network.
1: This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredHeBakes.com. That's FredHeBakes.com. Folks, I know life is still insane. Uh, so why not treat yourself to some delicious baked goods? Head on over to FredHeBakes.com and use the coupon code NoLoveLost for twenty percent off of your order, guys. Please do it. It's absolutely delicious, and you deserve nice things. So go and treat yourself. And if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, head on over to the Podcast Jukebox Network, where you can get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise, like No Love Lost T-shirts and Crazy About Kurt T-shirts, guys. Again. I know 2021 has been very, very crazy, and I want to thank you again for all of your patience while waiting for this episode. I know this one took a little longer than normal. Uh, my, my day job <laughs> has kept me rather busy, and it's made it difficult to find time to edit. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for all of your patience waiting for this episode. Uh, And now, without further ado, uh, yeah, it's time for us to cover the finale. Um, This has been a really fun journey, revisiting season three, and I'm looking forward to hopping back into season four. So thank you guys so, so much again for all of the various ways that you support the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And on that note, Michelle, if you would be so kind...
0: Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and
1: there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly. But even though there are times,
2: We had to go back.
1: You know, Will, it's the funniest thing. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before.
2: Somewhere. I'm not sure where.
1: Yeah, I can't put my finger on it.
2: Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast in which we break down the groundbreaking, phenomenal hit ABC television series Lost (sighs) episode by episode um i'm will Link. that
1: was a lot of words only some of which were true
2: most of which were true (laughs) Uh, the most of which being i'm will link and with me as always
1: megan salinas hey everybody
2: and we are breaking down season three episodes 22 and 23 through the looking glass and this is this is a lot of episode to break down
1: this is a two-parter. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it on our own, man. Well,
2: Megan, I think we may have a guest who is with us.
1: Yes, helping us uh, to, to cover these two episodes, these two, dare I say, iconic? Definitely, uh, definitely, they are important episodes to Lost fans. So joining us on the podcast is writer and podcaster Will Marlowe. Woo! Hey,
3: here I am. Thank you so much for having me on the show, guys.
1: Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh yeah, this is one of my favorite shows of all time.
2: And and Megan, you used the word iconic to describe the episode, and I, I do say and 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 will, and this isn't going to get confusing. Will, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, will. Um, would you say that? Where do you like the not Penny's boat hand?
1: That has uh-huh. has
2: to be top two or three iconic images of the series right for sure yeah Yeah,
3: for sure without a doubt
1: i think anybody who watched lost that image is just burned into their brains
2: yeah and like all iconic lost episodes or most iconic episodes uh it it, this one of course is written by hughes and lindelof and Mm -hmm. it is directed by jack bender
1: um, <laughs> and we've got our. Everybody, check those off on your bingo card. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, now, will before we launch into uh, this episode, whenever we have a guest on, we like to get their lost origin story, how they Ooh. discovered the show. Like, like, were you someone
3: who watched from the
2: beginning? Did you catch up later? Like, like, how did you come to loss?
3: Yeah. So this is actually part of the reason that. Uh season three and specifically I you know I feel the finale that we're gonna talk about is uh very historic for me because I came to Lost through uh DVDs actually. Ah. Uh so what happened was the first season aired and somehow I picked up on all the buzz, you know, because there was so much buzz about this show. And I had been what year did it start? Two thousand four, something like that? Yes. Two thousand three, two thousand four. Two thousand four. So, so, I actually graduated college in 2003. And during college, I was not watching TV at all. I was, you know, a good little boy with my nose in my books, uh, <clears throat> except for when I was going to parties and things. But you I, were a better
1: student than me. I was sitting down watching Lost.
3: But you know what? <laughs> yes. it, it, it's funny, Will, that you say that because I was
2: the same. There are, are all these television show blind spots I have, like The West mm-hmm. Wing and Buffy. And they're shows mm-hmm. that I know I would like. But they premiered while I was in college, and I just didn't mm-hmm. I just didn't i that was probably the time of my life I watched the least amount of television,
3: yeah, yeah, so what when I came out of college, I was still not really watching uh television, but I had heard about this show, and like you know people were saying oh, it's so cinematic and it's this and it's that and it's exciting, and people are always talking about it so I was like, okay, I was, I'm interested here and so I had uh somebody got me the first season on dVD for my for for Christmas probably the year after it came out, and I was just immediately just hooked. So Lost is actually what brought me back into the fold of just watching TV again, for one. And then after I watched the first season, like, no joke, like right after I finished this finale, the second season came out on DVD. So I was like, I gotta get that. And uh, I watched it, and there's a bunch of stuff going on in my life, and I moved, and I ended up taking a while to watch season two, even though I was really into it. And it ended, and then it was only like uh, a couple of weeks or something before, maybe like a month or two before the third season came out on TV. So the third season was the first one that I watched live as it was airing on television, and the third season finale was the first season finale of Lost, where I had to actually wait the full, you know, year or nine months or whatever between <laughs> between seasons. Well, and I, and you know after this uh, finale, I was like. Ah,
1: that's such a brutal transition when you go from like binging a show to having to wait with everybody else oh yeah
3: but i i have to say and i i think that it, it's it, i i just need to say that i am so glad that lost was a show that you could not binge i mean i yes. i did that for the first couple seasons but like half the fun is like the weeks in between when you think about it and talk about it and, and all that stuff right
2: I am I am not a fan of binging. Like, I binge out of necessity, necessity if, like, I'm catching up on a show. Or necessity for me is they drop the entire season in one day, so I watch it that weekend because, God forbid, I... I show self control but i prefer like <laughs> and and you know and i think you see it now with shows like the mandalorian or um how amazon's the boys really took off the season i think spreading things out it makes for a bigger cultural moment in conversation yeah. and conversation and it allows shows to find fans and allows those fans to, you know, be able to have an actual discussion on it rather I think than it's better for the shows. Yeah, I do. I, I really do. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of binging. And, and you're right. Lost is one of the lost is one of the last like great shows where we were all watching together on the same page. I think Game of Thrones mm-hmm. is the truly last one. But but lost was one of the the greats of our errors to do that
3: yeah and i think it was a first in in so many ways you know it was it it, it was so serialized right um more so than many sh- i'm not saying it's like the only show that was serialized on tv at that time but it was the, probably the biggest one yeah. and i feel like it brought that level of serialization into prime time and you know in a really big way it it brought it to network television and then
2: network television tried to duplicate it constantly (laughs) and constantly (laughs) failed like none of those none of those lost ripoffs took off and really yeah yeah exactly um so it it it, in a lot of ways i mean i don't want to i mean I mean, I don't know if I'm making too bold a statement here, but is it, like, the last, like, great network television show in that regard? Like, it's the last network television show to do that?
1: No. (laughs) No. Okay. Um, (laughs) um, I mean... This is coming from somebody who who just wrapped up watching, you know, eight, the final season of Agents of Shield not that long ago. <laughs> so no, I'm not gonna say that Lost was the last great <sighs> network show. No, but I mean, Quiet, but Agents
2: of Shield didn't catch the zeitgeist like Lost did. Agents of Shield wasn't getting nominated yeah. for Emmys like Lost did. I mean, it I should have been because
1: it was great.
2: I loved Agents of Shield, but like for a show that really. I mean, what's the last network? I mean, the only network television series that gets nominated for awards now is This Is Us, and although that's a very popular show, it's it's not like a a genre show like this is.
3: Cable shows are like kind of ruling right now. It's yeah,
1: yeah. To be fair, I'm trying to remember the last like besides Agents of Shield. What was the last network show I watched? And I'm like, shoot, there must have been something. that wasn't just <laughs> netflix or hbo or um stars and, um, like, or, I'm, something,
0: yeah.
1: or or a hulu original or a netflix thing and i'm i'm rolling through all the shows that i've watched in the last like half a decade and i'm like mm, yeah not a lot of network stuff <laughs> there now that i think about it
2: look i think the only i mean i actually do watch this is us but the only other Network show I think I watch is The Simpsons, and that's out of a, a commitment I made back when I was <laughs> ten years old to finish yeah. it <laughs> <laughs>
0: like,
1: uh, 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 like nearly a decade ago now, when my roommate and I uh cut our cable uh she she looked at me and she was like, Hey, I'm thinking we should cut our cable, Are you cool with that and i I looked at her and I was like, Yeah. The only thing I watch <laughs> that like the only thing I watch on cable on a consistent basis is The Simpsons. Everything else I get online. So I'm OK with
0: that. Um,
2: yeah. Well, this isn't necessarily a podcast about the history of network television. This is about <laughs> law. So I say we uh, maybe we start to dive into I- this.
1: We should ask one more question of our good friend, Will, here,
2: oh. who's joining oh, us. Oh, that's right. The important we... question.
1: <laughs> um, and granted, I'm going to go ahead and give our spoiler warning. If uh, this is your first episode of No Love Lost for whatever reason, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the whole series. Uh, so there are spoilers for seasons four, five, and six ahead. Uh, you have been warned. So, Will, we mm. have to ask because the whole – this this podcast was born out of a debate about the ending of this show. What is your Mm. take on the ending of lost? Do you think it was an excellent ending or do you think it was contrived Mm. and not great?
3: (laughs) I, so when I watched it, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I might even have loved it, but Mm. Uh, and and I have not, re- I have not, I have not revisited it actually since I originally saw the very end. Um, but I do understand why people, a lot of people hated it though. Um, at least I think I do. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to tell me once you guys get there uh, how you feel about it.
1: <laughs> One day,
3: <laughs> yeah. But- uh,
1: although that day is faster approaching than I would have thought. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but there are certain <clears throat> ways in which. I connected with the show and its characters, uh, that made the ending, um, a very uplifting experience for me. And, uh, and so like, yes, I would have liked if they would have addressed certain things that were brought up and maybe remained as loose ends. Um, but for me, those things tend to be nitpicks and, uh, so I, I I have to come down on the side where I I really loved it. I guess uh, is is the short of it. Like
2: all uh, wills, you are a great man with a great opinion
0: <laughs> on this.
2: I'm I because that's kind of how I feel. Like yeah, okay, maybe you didn't fully explain some of this stuff, but I was so emotionally hit that yeah yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so I just remember watching it side by side with a friend of mine, and both of us, our jaws were on the floor going, no, they <laughs> didn't.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, and so I,
1: It'll be interesting to see if that's how I feel this I rem- time
2: around. I remember having trouble actually
3: seeing it through the tears in my eyes. With- <laughs> Oh, it got me too, and I yeah. was re- I was so into the show. We had a whole I was you know at a friend's house, and and we had a whole uh, like bunch of like stuff to drink and eat, and I had made uh, Dharma Initiative labels for everything.
1: Oh, that's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: So uh, it was a good time.
1: I do wish that reaction videos had been more of a thing back then, because I would have loved yeah. to have seen the look on my face. <laughs> I,
3: I I remember
2: being in, invited to a Lost party and every like I was and look I, one of the things that's been fun about this is when the show was on I considered myself kind of a lost expert but then in the last years like a lot of that lost knowledge got pushed out of my brain for like mm. the Thrones knowledge or other show knowledge so I have forgotten a lot of things that I considered myself an expert on so I remember some friends at the time being like you have to come watch the finale at the party we're having you have to and I refused. I refused. I said, no. I said, I'm watching it alone in my chair <laughs> at home. I said, I don't want some asshole making a comment. I don't want someone telling me, like, I don't want someone talking through something. I don't want like somebody who brought their girlfriend or boyfriend who, like, doesn't know the show to be like, well, what's this guy doing? And I said, no, I am not going. And, I re- and they were upset. And I said, uh, no, first. I'll talk to you tomorrow about it (laughs) and this is how i've been with the finales for all the shows i was invited to a game of thrones thing i said nope i'm Mm -hmm. sitting at home i said i'll come to the party after Mm -hmm. uh breaking bad same thing someone invited me to a party i said no i said i didn't watch the first the 60 some odd episodes with you i'm not watching the last one (laughs) anyway yeah yeah i'm i'm very (laughs)
3: clear about what i expect from the people around me when i'm watching lost it's yes it's a rule
2: Okay, well let's <laughs> let's 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 get into this now. One thing that has become increasingly challenging, breaking down the show, is is what to talk about when, how to kind of compartmentalize these conversations, and I think I have a good way to do this one because there's a lot of different things going on. Okay, and I think we're gonna break tradition. Much as the series does by the end of the episode. <laughs> and we're gonna start, we're going to end with the flashback. Are you cool with that, Megan? Flashback, quote unquote. Sure.
1: Okay. I, I think that's fair.
2: Sounds good. So let's get to the island. And let's start with let's 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 put Charlie aside for a little while and start with the plan that's going on on land. And they are all set. They've got the dynamite in place for when the others come that night. Jack is going to march everyone up to the radio tower. And we kind of have a little bit of a goodbye here. Uh, you know, Saeed says, like, whatever you do, Jack, keep on the course with this plan. I'm willing to die for everybody to be rescued. Um, Rose is reminding Bernard that he's a Don't dentist. do a
1: Rambo. Yeah, not
2: Rambo. <laughs> And, they're um,
1: wonderful. They're
2: always adorable. <laughs> and Jin even says goodbye uh, in English. There you go.
1: Yeah. We have to go home. That was so sweet. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a nice little, you know, and again, a very nice little human moment to start uh, what's going to, you know, for some people end in tragedy this episode. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're
1: about to do something really dangerous and we don't know if these characters are going to see each other again. And I, I, out of all of them, the Rose and Bernard one is really cute. The sun and Jin one is really, really nice. I, I really like the moment with Saeed too. Cause it's like, I've, I've advocated for him being the leader of the island <laughs> since, the, <laughs> since season one. So this is a nice moment between him and Jack.
2: Yeah. And and then you know we continue. They're marching up. Naomi has a nice line that she says to Jack, because you know, like I like anything that's kind of a a, a, a semi dig at Jack, um, <laughs> where she's like, "What did you do for a living before you became Moses?" And when oh, yeah. and it also like when she realized he was a doctor, it's like, oh, this all fits into play. He's got this god complex kind of thing.
1: But yeah, she, like, says to herself, like, of course you are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and she shows him how the satellite phone works just in case something happens to her. Red which, flag. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder if something's going to happen to Naomi.
3: <laughs> it's, it seems so obvious now looking at that line and be like, yep, that's it's it's coming. But it, I still remember being surprised when later uh, <clears throat> things happened to her well it's the it's the manner in which they happen, I think that really takes yeah. you back as always yeah
1: yeah yeah i I concur it's it I think also too, like she's very casual about it, like, hey, just on the off chance that something happens to me,
3: um, one so might say too casual, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh, yeah, I think that's fair, <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but uh. I think it was well delivered. I just didn't see, you know. Can I just talk about the moment when she beats her fate later, just for a second? Um, yeah, we
2: could, we could, we could jump around a little bit,
3: just a tiny bit, because like, okay, Locke throws the knife into her back, but like, didn't she just get impaled by a tree after falling out of the sky and sur- and like be- she was better and walking around in like a day and just kind of
2: yeah, like she got healed faster because of the island. Um, I guess.
1: I guess the idea is like. Did, that she didn't puncture I, Her I, lung I guess, true, yeah. Yeah, like I I'm not a doctor, <laughs> I'm not a jack, <laughs> so I can't say for sure, but my guess would be the manner in which she was impaled versus the manner in which she was stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, two different differing levels of severity. And I would think like, Locke knows simple? where to stab,
2: yeah. yeah, he knows he knows where to to hit you with that knife in the back. Um, I
1: I will say, I didn't think about it while I was watching the episode, but I, I, in hindsight, now that we're talking about it, I do think it's interesting that he finally killed somebody in... Yeah,
3: after all that with his father...
1: well no, no, not just that he killed someone um, but that he finally killed somebody in the exact manner in which we were actually really introduced to him in season one. because season one, you know he, oh. he after the, the crash and everything like that, he was very introspective. but like the moment he like really introduced himself to everybody, it was when Sawyer was yelling at, um, was uh, yelling yes. at people and locked through that knife into mm-hmm. the tree to shut everybody up. Mm-hmm. um so I, I i think that's interesting in hindsight you
2: know i i mean i've never thrown a knife um i've seen a million movies and tv shows where someone gets a knife thrown into their back and they're killed
1: uh, is it that easy
2: it can't be <laughs> that easy right it can't be
1: when right. john Locke? It is
2: like <laughs> right, you can't like i would think like half the time like the The wrong end might be hitting the person, or, uh, you know, and it's like
1: Naomi's sitting there. She finally gets the signal, and then she's like, Ow, like, what the heck? And she, again, the handle of the knife had just hit her in the back and then fallen to the ground. She's just like, Ow, what the, why? What did you do that
2: for? Awkward. And you also, like, you must have to throw it with real force. Like, maybe I'm just not that strong. I mean, Locke is stronger than me, but i I'm just saying, anyway, <laughs> moving on, um now we get to like so now we have a lot of action cross cutting between the march up to the radio tower, the beach, the others, so we're gonna go like kind of a little chronologically through this. The others okay. ha- have decided to make their moves on the tent, and they're very uh they're very excited. Juliet has done her job. She's marked the the rocks and like, they know what tents to go to. You know, it's always
1: nice to see people enjoying what they do, you know, (laughs) really enjoying their work.
2: Exactly. And they, they're coming into the camp and all of a sudden they realize, there aren't people in these tents. It's a trap just as boom, Saeed hits his shot explosion. Then, Boom, Bernard hits his shot. Explosion. Others are dying left and right. But then Jin can't make the shot. Jin.
1: He whiffed it. He whiffed it. In
2: fairness, I got to imagine it's a lot harder to make that shot with a handgun than it is with a rifle. That's
3: true. That's very
2: true.
1: Also, it's, like, super dark, and, like, he's trying to maintain cover and everything like that. Yeah, it can't be easy. You guys are
3: making a lot of excuses for Jin here. That's <laughs> <laughs> joking. He he
1: joked! He, he joked!
3: He does manage to take out,
2: I think, about two others just shooting them, but then yeah. they grab Jin, and the dominoes start to fall. They get Bernard, and then Sa- and Saeed, so they've got them captured. Jack and the people, they realized there must have something go wrong because they only heard two explosions. But mm-hmm. we're going to keep moving because that's what Saeed would have wanted. They're moving forward.
1: Yeah, this is fine.
3: Yeah, Jack is very uh, stubborn about moving forward, no matter what in this episode.
1: He's very
2: stubborn about everything in this series. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> True. But I mean, it was is that the wrong move? No, it's the right move scenario.
2: yeah, Yeah, it's the right move. There's, there's, there's nothing they can do at this moment.
1: And I mean, to be, to be fair, like I, I, I was mad at Jack when he got mad at Kate for coming back for him. Um, Saeed straight up told him, you you don't come back no matter what. You keep moving mm-hmm. forward. So I was going to say, if you're going to get mad at Kate for going back for Jack, then you have to acknowledge that Saeed said, don't do the thing. And Jack said, OK, I'm going to listen.
2: Yeah, well, we'll get to Kate in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, So. Back at the camp, they've got. Jin and they're talking to Ben. They're like, "Hey, Juliet betrayed us. Uh, we which, and we'll get to how he knows that when we get to the Charlie portion of the episode." And he's like, "Juliet betrayed us. Um, what do we do?" And Ben's like, "Kill, kill Jin." And they're obviously gonna, yeah. they're gonna kill him. And you know, Saeed's not gonna talk. Jin's not gonna talk. But Bernard is gonna oh, talk.
1: He's not he's not a fighter. He's,
3: he's not, not Ram- Rambo.
1: No. Nope.
3: <laughs> he's a dentist.
2: It's funny. I, I mean, I I mean, I don't blame him.
1: No, of course not. No, not at all. They were gonna kill Jin. I would have cracked. Absolutely.
2: And uh, you know, they've already know Juliet's betrayed him. They already could probably figure a whole bunch of stuff out. What they didn't know, I guess at that point was the stuff about Carl had, you know, <laughs> so Carl mm-hmm. and, and um, that's how Ben realizes that Alex has betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ben basically has divided up the others. Now he's like, Richard, you take everybody to the temple, a place that I'm sure Megan will love when we get to it in season six. Uh And Uh and Ben is going to go with Alex to the um
3: to to her new family, her new family, the radar
2: time. Yeah, when they talk,
0: oh oh,
1: she was just like, "I'm coming with you," and he's like, "Okay." She's like, oh, I kind of thought I was going to have to twist your arm or that you were going to say, no, I forbid it, and I was going to have to sneak away. Like, kind of thought there was going to be a little bit more, tu- like, <laughs> push and pull there.
2: And and like you said, Will, it's because he's going to bring, we'll just get to this, it's a little, we'll get to this moment right now. He says to her later, they're going to be your new family. I'm going to give you to them. Mm-hmm. Also, he explains why he didn't want her with Carl. He didn't want, her to get pregnant he was worried about her getting pregnant i guess they don't have birth control pills on the island
3: and yes and when that's the case you obviously have to take your daughter's boyfriend and strap him to a chair in a brainwashing room uh with his eyes taped open you know um
1: like clockwork clockwork orange style exactly
3: (laughs) and he did acknowledge maybe i overreacted
1: could have just handed the kid like a pack of condoms like (laughs) come on guys. like they
3: couldn't pick that up from the mainland next time they go to get all the books for the book club or whatever well you know jacob
2: doesn't believe in 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 stuff like that he was very (laughs) like you know jacob
3: doesn't believe in birth control jacob doesn't believe
1: (laughs) in (laughs) safe sex
2: you know
3: he uh, something yeah wow something jacob has in common with the Catholic church. Yeah, There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: Again, further proof that Jacob is actually a monster. Oh, <laughs> oh, in,
2: in fairness to Jacob, we don't, we don't know what Jacob believes. <laughs> which I guess is part of the problem of Jacob.
3: <laughs> was um, this the first season where they mentioned Jacob by name or were there, was there mention or something in the second uh, season? This,
1: this is the first season where, where Jacob is mentioned by name. Yeah. I think in season two, Ben alludes to there being other things going on that, that people don't understand. But like it was a surprise at the end of that season that Ben was actually the head honcho. Um, right for the others. So, but, but yeah, I distinctly remember this is the first time um, this season was the first time they mentioned Jacob by name. I think it was um, offhandedly. Someone said like, Oh, well they're not on Jacob's list. Like fairly early in season three.
2: Yeah. Austin and Ford aren't even on Jacob's list, which
1: that was Mm -hmm. it. That was it. That was the line. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Which uh, they are. So Which they are. It's a promise.
1: promise.
3: Lies. It's ben. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the one either, plus.
1: Either lies or a, a lapse in continuity, <laughs> depending on who you ask.
2: When you, I mean, maybe, you know, Hughes and Lindelof were geniuses in that, like, we're going to have this great character and he's going to lie all the time. So then anything uh... we mess up. <laughs>
3: It's just a lie. For I man. mean,
2: and in this episode, Ben multiple times, <laughs> multiple times has to admit to lying in this episode. Hmm. So, but at the
3: same time, the way we're introduced to him, his whole identity is a lie. His yes. whole, you know, shtick is a lie. So I, you know, I, I think that if that was their intention, I think it worked. It worked. It, it's his number one character trait from the jump. And <laughs> Michael
2: Emerson rode that trait to an Emmy so good for him.
3: <laughs> he sure did. That's right. That's right.
1: Michael Emerson is fantastic uh as using Ben being a compulsive liar as like an out for any plot holes. I think is a cop out, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. Cause if we if we delve into that, we're gonna hop into a time traveling buddy rabbit hole. That's quite the <laughs> and rabbit hole. Never get out yeah. of that. Yeah, and never get yeah. out of the, that discussion. So let's move on. <laughs>
2: so now it's like, you know, it's the next, it's you know, it's the next day. Ben's going off to them. But also Kate and Sawyer, they have a they have a little confrontation conversation where Kate confronts Sawyer and wants him to go with her, to go back to see what happened with Saeed and all of them. And Sawyer is, he's like saying, no, he's, that he's not going to. Um, And, you know, this, Kate wants to know what's going on with Sawyer. We know a lot's been going on with Sawyer. He just, uh, you know, he just killed the man who killed his parents. Like he's dealing
3: with a lot of shit right now.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of yeah. occasionally like staring off into space.
3: <laughs> Didn't that like just happen right before this episode too? It happened like maybe did, two,
2: yeah. two episodes before. Yeah. yeah. He's
3: probably still got blisters on his toes or whatever from walking through the yeah, with right. lock without his shoes.
1: Yeah, this has been a very short amount of time. Uh it like from when Locke was like, hey. You want to go on a you want to go on a little quest with me to <laughs> to, to right now. Lots happened in that amount of time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the portion of the episode where we get to the love triangle, love square of the episode. Um, which isn't my favorite stuff, and it's stuff that on a rewatch I think has played the l- least well for me. Uh, Yeah, I I
1: concur. Although, to be fair, all the acting is great. All the actors have wonderful chemistry together, and they deliver their lines in a fantastic way. And maybe, I I remember being frustrated with it at the time um, that it was airing, but I don't remember if like a week-to-week airing in between all this love triangle bullshit, if that was more infuriating or less infuriating because you would have time (laughs) to forget about it. Uh, before the next episode started. Well, you, you know what? I, I
2: think the problem is, especially on rewatch, where you know a lot of it doesn't amount to where it looks like it's going. Yeah, I, I think the problem also becomes the stakes are so high for what's going on with Rescue, what's going on with the others, what's going on with the freighter. And the stakes of what's going on with Charlie's mortality. And then the stakes of this will they, won't they. Does
3: she like me or does she not like me? Yeah. It's not on the same level.
1: <laughs> it's almost like somebody sat on the remote and like, the channel got changed to a teen high school rom-com drama. On the CW know? or
2: something, and, yeah. And the, exactly. the romance that I really love ends up being Sawyer and Juliet, which isn't even on the radar now. That's not even a thing until a lot of other variables are taken out of the equation.
3: I think it starts, though, later in this uh, series finale when Juliet well, decides to travel with him. Though, right? Yeah,
2: let's, you know what, and let's get to that thing because I want to get to that. So, Sawyer does kind of suddenly say, like, to Jack, I'm going to go back.
0: and. Which-
1: Cause like I don't even think Kate was necessarily being like, hey, Sawyer, come with me. I think she was just saying, I'm gonna go back. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he he told her off for that. And he and shut then, her
3: down. He, yeah.
1: And then and then he's like, hey, Jack, I'm going back. Like it was his idea. And she's like, hey, wait a second.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but not
2: only does Sawyer want to take full credit, he doesn't want Kate coming along.
3: Mm-hmm. And he tells her as much <laughs> very bluntly.
2: Yeah. And then uh Juliet steps up and she's like, I'll go. And Jack's like, No. And she's like, I have to. Like, you know, I have to, kind of thing. Because she's as she says to Sawyer later, Karma. Like, she feels responsible for all this. And um, there's a moment where she kisses Jack goodbye with Kate watching. And that's like the that's like the love triangle moment
3: and because like kate sees and is like staring with these like burning eyes and then jack sees that she sees
1: well it's it's really funny because evangeline lily gives this like ugh look and, <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i'm pretty sure that's the look i made the first time i was watching this but um even though i hate the love triangle stuff i will say to juliet's credit she lies about there being a cachet of guns. Yes. So basically she and Sawyer are going into this situation completely unarmed. So there's a very high possibility that they're not coming back. Um, oh, so yeah. being like, "Oh, I could I could die." <laughs> fair point. <laughs> like the, in the very, very right. near future, I'm going to kiss Matthew Fox while I still have a chance.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that that's fair. I think not remembering that she lied about the guns is why that kiss felt a little strange to me, I uh, think so too, yeah, you know, in the moment there that's a good point, Megan
1: within the context of all the love triangle stuff, it's infuriating, but like if you look at it from the perspective of this is a character who has just lied about their chances going back um who like because she feels responsible for everything that's gone down uh there's a good chance that she and sawyer aren't coming back from this scenario if i thought i was about to walk into a situation where i was going to die i would take the opportunity to kiss matthew fox as well (laughs) if i was in Juliet's shoes
2: there you go i yeah i'll I'll make out with everyone before you leave
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's <laughs> just like, um, looking at this, uh, I'll allow it, yes. <laughs> again, I hate all the love triangle stuff, but within that context, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Having just come off the heels of Sawyer yelling at Kate and, you know, Kate, watch it. Like, again, that framework of it is really annoying. But if you're just looking at it from the context of Juliet thinks she's about to die... And makes total we'll sense. Never, yeah, it makes sense.
3: Yeah. I think when I originally watched it too because it's it's so interesting doing the rewatch because I'm simultaneously remembering, you know, my reactions the first time I watched it and, you know, knowing what happens now basically. You know, maybe with some details forgotten here and there over the years, but you know, when I first watched it, not only did I feel like that kiss was a little bit weird, I think. Uh because I didn't know she was lying yet. But also, you know, originally I was very invested in the, in the, you know, relationship between Jack and Kate. And so anytime, you know, they would stray from each other, I was kind of grumbling and be
1: like, well, yeah, yeah. I
0: big, see, big mood.
2: See, I think I was always more invested with the idea of Kate and Sawyer just because I liked Sawyer better. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to go for the charming rogue, more <laughs> you know, like he that's... is more
3: charming than Jack and apparently never stalked anybody.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: as you were saying Megan they walk they're walking back Juliet and um Sawyer and she does mention that she lied about the guns and I think this is like a real this is you know, Juliet and Sawyer haven't had, like, the most one-on-one time, really.
1: Yeah, the the most time that they've spent together. At one point, she had him at gunpoint. Yeah. Uh, uh, while they were working on the chain gang.
3: She stunned him. Uh Was the, one yeah. of the first people to do that. Yeah.
1: And then she helped them escape, and they really haven't had much one-on-one time outside I of think
3: that. this is when she reveals
2: that though i do think there's a bit to get to to your point will about the romance burgeoning there's a real like game mm-hmm. game recognizing game moment
3: there yes i think there's a mutual respect that develops very quickly between them you know um and i think sawyer can even respect the fact that she uh kind of played them all <laughs> yeah in a way you yeah. know
1: like ah
3: con man con woman Diff- mm-hmm.
1: different kind of con i get it and also, like, she also kind of knows his deal already. Like, you know, a yeah. couple episodes ago, she basically listed off all his stuff. So there's not really necessarily too much for him to, like, hide behind, if that makes any sense.
3: Um, yeah. I'll- well, I don't think he knows how much that she knows, though, does she? Or did she tell him that there was files on everybody?
1: Yeah, she, she was like, I yeah. know everything about you and Saeed, and mm. here's all the stuff that you've done, murderers.
3: <laughs> oh, that's right. She calls him by name and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's
2: also a moment before we get off the love triangle where Jack says that Sawyer was just trying to protect her like mm-hmm. he was, and he says, uh, I love you.
3: Yeah, she asked him, like, well, Sawyer never would have told me that. And and so she was like asking him why that he said that, I guess, or maybe implying that question. And he said, because I love yeah. you. And that was huge, right? That was huge for those characters. Yeah, especially yeah. after moments after seeing him kiss Juliet. And this is, I think, where it actually shows that Jack has grown to some degree because we had that whole episode. Maybe it was the first episode of the season where he uh, when he asked, Juliet was like, what do you want to know out of all these files about your life? And all he asked was whether Sarah, his ex-wife, was happy. Right. Yeah. Not what's the name of the guy that she's with, which is what he was so obsessed about in the past, when he was stalking her in those flashbacks. Right. So he's grown a little bit like he loves this woman, but he saw them getting it on uh, in yeah. the polar bear cage and he's accepted it.
1: One one of Jack's biggest flaws. And, and we get a lot of this um and in the off island stuff for this episode, which we'll dig into, but like one of his biggest flaws is his inability to let go. Mm-hmm. And so the when it comes to Kate being able to say, like, hey, I I want to do this for you because I love you, without there being any condition of like, but you need to be with me, or mm-hmm. like I I can't let you live your own life, you know, that sort of thing. You're right. It is it is a moment of like, oh, like you know if you love someone set them free <laughs> um
2: the other thing about all this with with sawyer going back that we have to talk about super fast hurley has followed them uh because hurley just wants to help more in just some way and sawyer is w- dissuades him and, and tells him he's got to go back um uh,
1: both he and Charlie, I feel like it's important to point out. And
3: Jack, I think, right?
1: Yeah. All all of them make the point of like, Hurley, you can't help right now. You're just going to get in the way. And all, all of them, all of them do that. And they, they're not doing it purposely to be mean like they're doing it because they want to protect him because Charlie's going they're both going on like both Charlie and Sawyer are going on suicide missions so they don't want Hurley to get hurt but they do it in the most cruel manner that they yeah. possibly could and so <laughs> Hurley going all right g- just gonna get in the way huh yeah cool 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 I'll remember that. Pardon me for just a moment. I had to go and take a walk. <laughs> it's amazing.
2: So, yeah. Th- the other thing that happens, and I believe it's how the first episode ended. It's tough when you watch them back to back to remember, but um, Locke, who we haven't seen in a while, he's been in that pit. He's been in that pit for. He's
1: been in that mass grave for a while. For days,
2: <laughs> and or at least a day, if not more.
1: I was gonna say I don't think it's been days for him. I think he would have bled out if it had been. Or, days. well, I mean, look, it's but it's been it's been bit. at
2: least twenty four hours, and he's just now realizing. Well, I guess I better kill myself
3: because this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting tedious laying in this pit.
1: He, he's he's been shot and his legs aren't working. I think it's important to point out that his legs aren't moving, and so he sees but, a, a loaded gun from one of the Dharma Initiative folks, and he manages. But to
0: Megan, crack it.
2: he can get up. You know who tells him that he can? Walt. Walt, <laughs> a much taller Walt. <laughs>
1: bigger like a giant which will be
2: one of my favorite exchanges (laughs) in the history of the series later next season when he's when he tells sawyer that he saw walt and he was big and sawyer says like a giant
3: (laughs) i forgot about that um
1: and this is correct me if i'm wrong is this the first time we've seen walt since the end of um season two yeah yeah, it is michael left okay
3: yeah for sure (sighs) okay so <laughs> great casting idea guys now
1: yeah. i i do have to clarify this is walt right like astro projecting it's not like the man in black or jacob it, it's actually walt no
3: i think it is the man in black oh i think it's the man in black slash smoke monster oh right see,
2: i always thought it was walt kind of using his power his
3: fairly that's un- what i thought for the longest time well maybe you're right.
1: I th- I think later in the series, Walt confirms that he talked to John Locke Um, in this moment,
2: Yeah, movie. because it's uh. not the last time we see Walt.
3: Um, And he's not dead, so it couldn't be the smoke monster, right? So that makes sense.
1: Not necessarily. I think the smoke monster can kind of do whatever he wants. <laughs> like, if he can turn into a figment of Hurley's imagination, I feel like he could... Appear as <laughs> as somebody else as well.
3: Has it appeared as any living person though? Uh, I,
1: don't remember I mean, that he, he.
3: No, I don't think so.
1: He's appeared as Christian Shepherd. He appeared as Emmy, um, or Yemi. Sorry, um, and yeah, he appeared as Dave. So I don't think he's yeah appeared as any living person. But he's also taken the form of spiders and, um,
3: the horse, arguably.
1: Yeah, I don't know the the smoke monsters' abilities are very nebulous and not very well defined.
3: Nebulous. That's a that's a great one. Much
2: like uh, Walt.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I think you're right. It's got to be Walt, right? Um,
1: because he wanted to help John.
3: Yeah. Okay, so.
2: Jesus, we haven't even gotten to Charlie yet.
1: But, but <laughs> I, I do think it is important to point. I do think it is important to point out that at this point in the show, it's hard to say whether or not this is actually Walt because we haven't oh, seen Walt in a while. Totally, Walt's powers yeah. were never one hundred percent defined. Actually, you know, it's interesting that you pointed out that he could be the smoke monster because. Um, it's it po- It's possible that the smoke monster appeared as Walt in season two to get Shannon killed, to, like, lure her into that situation where she was shot by Anna Lucia, because oh. we never 100% determined whether or not that was Walt or the smoke monster.
2: I think that was Walt astral projecting. I as think he
3: well. took him a while to get a handle on his powers, Walt. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that probably explains it. At least that's how I... I,
1: I think... I think that's entirely possible, but I also think that it was possible that 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 was the smoke monster uh, leading two forces to collide with one another to thin the numbers a little bit.
3: It's a very smoke monster thing to do, I guess. So they're continuing their march
2: up towards the radio tower, and Ben shows up. And Ben, you know, he wants to talk. (laughs) <laughs> always wants to talk and he said he'd talk he said he'd talk uh them out of this you know that's what he that's what he said he would do um and jack agrees to talk to ben and he says naomi's lying the people she represents they've been trying to find this island Everyone's going to die if they call that freighter. <laughs> and then he shows the leverage he has, which is he calls down to the beach and he says, give me that sat- uh, satellite phone or your boys on the beach are all dead. And Jack mm. sticking to Saeed's plan as Ben counts down for a minute uh, You know, he doesn't do what Bernard does. He lets them all get shot.
3: He holds the line. Yeah. Big time.
1: Which, yeah, which it's, I don't think we've ever seen Jack refuse to give in in a situation like this before. I feel like anytime there's been a hostage situation, um, they've had to cave in the past
3: it's for him it's all it's always been about saving lives i think and in that moment he's already had that conversation with saeed because now he you know in his mind it's like uh i can either doom everyone one of us to stay on this island with liar ben and the others who've kidnapped us and tried to kill us and all this stuff or you know i can make a strategic sacrifice to get everybody off the island um and i think that you know he's he's just clinging to that sort of like the greater good type of a picture now, and uh he is very stubborn about it
1: yeah and and Saeed did say uh like th- this is a risk we're all taking like don't don't yeah. back down. and
3: the, the the you know the great thing is about all that stuff that Ben says is that you know looking back on it after having seen the you know the rest of the show, it's like he's basically surprisingly being truthful about what he's saying, but it comes <laughs> across as the most outrageous lies, you yeah. know, in that moment. And there's no reason for Jack or even us as the audience at that point to believe what he's saying. It makes no sense.
1: This, this is the problem with being a, a manipulative lying <laughs> he's bastard. The, he's the boy, is, is the, it's the boy who cried who cried wolf.
2: Um, the, but the other thing is, he's also lying about these guys being shot. He's all over the place. Um.
3: Well, well no, he, he didn't he know. He doesn't know. Yeah, it was Tom and the others yeah, that made no. that decision somehow. No,
2: mess. no, 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 no. It was under orders from Ben.
3: Oh, it was. Oh, I missed that.
1: To- Oh, I did too. I I thought they arbitrarily decided not to kill them.
2: So, okay. So Jack beats the hell out of Ben because that's what you do in a situation. He tells Tom, (laughs) I'm going to come kill you after y'all, you know. And then when we see Tom again, he's complaining that we shouldn't have put three rounds in the sand. Um, Ben's out of his mind. But
1: but Ryan was uh, saying yeah. Ben knows what yes. he's doing.
2: I, so,
3: okay, I took that okay. a different way. But yeah, yeah.
2: So you're right. Ben knows that they, as long as they followed his orders, that those people aren't dead.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was an intentional misdirect because, like, at, at the beginning of the mo- of the scene when we cut back to the beach and Tom is saying Ben's out of his mind, we should have done this. We should have done this because he's Mister Friendly, uh, who spent a considerable amount of time with, like, Jack and some of our other characters, we're led to believe that he's like, we shouldn't have killed them, we shouldn't have killed them, and then we pan, and we're like, oh, no, Mr. Friendly was advocating for them yeah, murder. He was. Yes, he's not. Well, yeah. well, look,
2: in fairness to Mr. Friendly, they killed seven of his friends.
3: That seems fair, but, you know, an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind, right? Well, that's, yeah.
2: Um,
0: <laughs>
2: so, so what happens... <laughs> Um. Also, a little moment before we get back to that reveal, um, Alex meets her mother, Danielle
3: Rousseau. Oh, that was such a great moment because, you know, uh, yeah. Rousseau is out there like just a nut job, basically, after having been alone for all these years and all this stuff. And she finally sees her daughter. Like, that was a moment that I had been waiting for since the moment you see Alex, you know, and she says what her name is. Like, you're like, oh. That's that's Rousseau's daughter.
1: Well, and and Rousseau has, uh, you know, earlier in the season, she's looked at Alex from afar, but they've never they've never met. And um, and earlier in this episode, uh, Rousseau makes the comment to Jack that she's not going to be going with them. She's been on this island for for 15 years now. She's like, I I can't go back. This is my home now. Mm -hmm. I can't go back to civilization and so having that character say that and know it, and then and then having this moment where they they reunite um, as Ben is lying bleeding on the ground, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty cool moment. And the the first thing she says to her daughter is, "Will you help me tie up the kid?" Her? <laughs> it was great.
3: It was great. Oh, was such a.
1: I've I've literally dreamed of this moment where mother and daughter reunite <laughs> to tie up her father. And- to tie up the man who kidnapped her another
2: ben beat i think we should bring up is that kate jack does tell kate that he killed the people he doesn't tell everybody but he tells just tells kate yeah and kate's like why didn't you kill ben then and he's like because i want him to live to see what you know what i People got to let go of this, like, it'll be good for them to live to see them lose.
3: But who are you t- saying let go to? Let's think about that for a second.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the problem. But I'm just saying even in society, yeah. like, I don't mm-hmm. know. There's a certain person in real life that I can't help but think we would have been better off if when he got a horrible disease that he that he died. <laughs> but so many people I know were like, oh, let's let him live to see him lose. No, no. We would have been better off. But that's... <laughs> Neither here nor there. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, totally hypothetical. Yeah. Only hypothetical. So um, back at the beach, we see that they didn't kill them. And mm-hmm. Sawyer and Juliet are like, we got to come up with a plan. Sawyer's like, there are three of them and they got four guns. And Juliet's like, there's two of us and there's no guns. Again, you're right. You're <laughs> right, Will. We're getting some good banter between these two. Oh, yeah. They hit it off. And then all of a sudden, who comes barreling through in a Dharma van in one of my favorite moments, Early to Early. the
3: rescue? <laughs> and that he... was yeah, legit one of the great moments of this episode.
1: This is fantastic. And this
2: causes
3: like like he he
2: he takes a bunch of them out. He takes them out, and then the remaining guy, Said, uh, snaps his neck with his legs. That was a badass move. <laughs>
3: Yeah, knocks his feet out (laughs) from under him, then snaps his neck with his legs.
2: And then the only person left is a badly injured Mr. Friendly who surrenders and Sawyer shoots him. But before he, and then he says, and I love it, that's
3: for taking the kid off the raft. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then who was it?
3: Was it Hurley that said he surrendered, dude? Why'd you shoot him? And he goes, I didn't believe him. And you yeah. know what? I'm right there with Sawyer. I did not believe him either. I'm right there with
2: Sawyer in this moment too. I mean, they were going to they were yeah. going to kill him anyway when they were going to blow up the tents. So what's the <laughs> difference?
1: I've said multiple times on this podcast that I I don't advocate murder in most scenarios and pretty much any scenario except self-defense. But this is one I'm like, yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> um
1: at least from a narrative perspective of Sawyer throwing the the kick back at him. Well, yeah. you get it.
3: And from a character perspective, you know. And he's already loosened up the trigger finger, so to speak.
2: And then Hurley gets another great moment when he calls in on the others walkie-talkie. Um, to be like, oh, hey yeah. others, like we we got him. Like we we saved everybody, and everyone's ecstatic and and very happy. And then Claire asks about Charlie and Hurley's like ah, I'm sure he's coming back soon. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Just the the relief on Jack's face when when he says that everyone is yeah. okay, including Gin, Saeed, and Bernard. Yeah. It's just it's it's a can great Can I can moment. I just
3: say what a powerhouse performance Matthew Fox gives throughout this entire show? Like I think this Absolutely. was maybe the role he was born for or something because I just I, I loved the Jack character, you know, watch, watching this show, and uh, yeah, he really spoke to me.
2: So, now, let's take a little detour, if you if you will, to... Mm.
1: Hop into the, the van. We're going on a trip. T- to the
2: aforementioned trip. Charlie. What's this guy been up to all this time?
1: <laughs> Just sitting, not really well, doing anything. yeah, Charlie's right.
2: been tied to a chair, getting the shit kicked out of them by uh greta and bonnie that
1: one of whom greta is the evil queen from yes i noticed
3: that for the first time on this rewatch because i don't think once upon a time had aired yet when this uh, it happened. had not i was like no, oh
1: that's the it, evil it, queen it was several years away yeah what's it's regina it's regina
3: <laughs> lana peria or perilla i'm not sure how you pronounce it Actresses. I
2: I knew I rec- I never watched that show, but I knew I recognized her, and I didn't know where. And now I know it's from watching many commercials for once upon a <laughs> time.
1: I only watched uh, the first season and like I think a couple episodes of season two. Um, but I but you know it. Once upon a time, I think more than any other. We talked at the top of the show about like network shows trying to recreate what Lost did. Mm. I think Once Upon a Time is the one that's most direct in its format of trying to recreate what Lost did. And that's because people who worked on Lost worked on Once Upon a Time, like straight up. Um, Will, you said you never watched Once Upon a Time? Like, format-wise, Once Upon a Time straight up lifted the Lost format in terms of, like, we're going to show you flashbacks and then yeah, cut back to what's going on. that's a on. good point. They really um, did. Hmm. Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm not going to say that that's plagiarism because, like, the people who worked on Lost <laughs> worked on Once Upon a Time. Um, so, like, they, I, I don't really have a problem with them lifting that format. But I think a lot of one of the reasons why once upon a time may have lost some steam after that first season is because of the same, you know, lost problem of like, how long can you coast on Mm -hmm. doing flashbacks to, to reveal character bits? Like it's good for a season or two or even three, but like after a while you got to, Yeah, they did not adapt
3: in the way that lost did um, to the fact that that can get old, you know? Um, and I think we're going to have a lot to say about how Lost started switching that up <clears throat> at some point uh, during this episode. But uh, yeah, they just didn't they just didn't do it. And Lost kept switching it up pretty much every season after this, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Once Upon a Time I even had a lot of cast members from Lost they come did. back. Uh, yeah. Claire was Belle. <laughs> oh, that's right.
3: I forgot about that.
1: And Saeed was Jafar. I only watched like
3: the first season and a half <laughs> of Once Upon a Time. So, yeah.
1: Like I said, that's where I fell
0: off too.
2: So Charlie's getting basically interrogated. And Charlie is also being very open about things. And (laughs) I kind of love it. Because at first you're watching this episode and it's like, well, he's just spilling all the secrets. Why? And then later he does the same thing when Mikael gets down there, where he's just like open. And I realize what Charlie is doing. Charlie is just he's like an agent of chaos right now. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: I am just going to tell all the crazy shit and you're going to have to figure out a way to deal with it. Because also he feels he can do that because Mm -hmm. he is destined to uh, turn the, the jamming. Uh, equipment off.
1: He's, he's accepted his yeah. fate. Yeah. Which, he's like, um, I could
2: just do anything. I know how this is ending. So I'm just going to tell you all this shit. I and love that he's crazy.
3: embracing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I also love when Ben radios into the two of them uh, and they're telling him about Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, hi, Ben. <laughs> it's Charlie.
3: Ben's hi. like, what? How did they get down there? What's going on? <laughs> it was. And...
1: It's so cheeky, And I he's love it.
2: like, well, we got to send uh, Mikhail down there. And Mikhail's not happy because he's like, hey, why didn't you tell me they were jamming the signal? You told me they were doing this other thing. You told me that whole thing had flooded. Like, and Ben's like, yeah, I lied. Just go. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that sets up like a lot of like who's going to betray Ben, if anyone, kind of stuff in the storyline.
1: Yeah, because they, they, they've they set up that, you know, Ben lies to his people all the time and that they're not necessarily always aware of it.
3: I think we're getting such a, a, a preview of how Ben is, is kind of walking this, like, political line, even with his people, where he's, you know, tells a carefully balanced set of lies to everyone, you know, on in this little game he's got of, like, trying to stay the leader or whatever of the others. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't... Actually, speak for Jacob. Um, I don't even
3: think Jacob actually talks to him, right? Doesn't doesn't, don't we find that out? Yeah, that's
2: what he's upset about with Locke. That Locke heard. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, you know he's like the. Um, um... So Jacob doesn't. Oh. Oh, go ahead. No, no,
2: no. I was gonna make a dumb joke and the. No, no. no, I (laughs) want to hear. I was gonna say. I feel (laughs) the momentum's gone, but I'm like he's kind of like the uh, he's (laughs) kind of like the Mitch McConnell of the island. (laughs)
3: I did not see that one coming. Um, (laughs) But yeah. Oh man. I I just love to like what you were saying that like Charlie has embraced his role as like agent of chaos, you know, and he's just, and he's had several episodes uh, up to this point of like wrestling with accepting his prophesied demise, you know, and he's finally accepted it. And I love how he just up and says it. He's like, you know, and they say, Well, won't the station be flooded if you do that? And he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna make it out. Yeah, he tells the looking glass ladies right off the bat, This is basically a suicide mission for me. Mm-hmm. And what do you do about somebody like that? They're not, you know, they're not too enthused. <laughs> and they can't and and they can't <laughs> really kill
2: him because he also like he's open about the Juliet thing. They like they knows shit going on. Like he's almost too valuable to just like Completely eliminate right
3: away. Oh,
1: up, up, to, up a a to a point. Yeah. The, uh, at one point, Bonnie's like, "Let
3: it's me get the, the does done. It. <laughs> Yeah. Valuable information. up. Uh, uh, can't get it out of my head. Get the harpoon.
1: She like the second he starts singing, "You all, everybody," she's like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head for years." No. And now, because it is in universe, it's a bop.
2: Now, why? <laughs> does he start singing well it's a distract from yeah so desmond now desmond wakes up on the boat desmond has been knocked out for a very long time because a whole night has passed right this has happened so desmond has been that desmond's been knocked out quite a, quite a while
1: I don't know. It's been a while since we watched the previous episode. I don't quite know. I don't think he was unconscious, unconscious overnight. I yes, that. he was. Yeah.
2: Because he, right? He was unconscious overnight because that's when.
1: Oh, because of that, the plan. The, the plan, plan with the tents and, and, and
2: Mikael like being sent off.
3: Oh, my God. Okay. So they had Charlie tied up there for quite a while as well. Charlie's been tied up for quite a while, which I buy. Desmond being knocked out. That's I'm, I
2: I accept it. That's one of those nitpicks
3: that maybe I, the wave yeah. just kept him rocked him to, to rock do the relaxation, to,
1: just lulled him, into, him a into a very con- nice slumber. slumber.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Desmond wakes up and who's shooting at him? Mikael. So Desmond jumps into the water.
1: What a very, what an unpleasant way yeah. to wake up! <laughs> right? Dublin's <The
2: one's laughs> literally shooting at you. And he swims up in, he sees Charlie, and Charlie's like, You gotta hide, like they're coming. And the uh Greta and Bonnie are like, who are you talking to? And that's when he starts singing, and that's when Bonnie's like, I'm gonna spear gun this guy.
3: But you know, before they come out and ask <laughs> him like happens. what who's he's talking to or whatever, like they're already like yelling at each other, arguing. So, you well, know, Charlie's chaos is working. Yes. You know?
2: Um so, oh, anyway. and can I just
3: say, I really appreciate the symbol for this Dharma station. You could, which you can see on the exterior as they're cu- as they're swimming down. Did you catch it? It's a, it's a white rabbit.
1: No, I didn't.
3: It's a white rabbit. Ah, looking glass, uh, looking uh, glass
0: people. Uh. Um <laughs> So
2: Mikhail shows up, and he's basically like what have you guys been doing down here? And they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we've been been jamming the signal because Ben told us to. And Mikhail's like, Mikhail's annoyed about all this. He's
1: like, I thought you guys were in Canada. Yeah, that's
2: right. So um, he calls Ben. And Ben is like, Look, I had to lie. Like we had to do this stuff, but like, stick with my plan. Stick with Jacob's plan. Like, don't question it. Kill Charlie, but also now you're gonna have to kill Greta and Bonnie too.
1: Mm-hmm. Which makes me think: if uh, Greta or Bonnie had been the one to pick up the radio instead, would he be like, "Okay, make sure Mikhail kills Charlie, and then kill Mikhail"?
2: <laughs> well, you know,
0: <laughs> maybe. Because, like
1: his whole point was. What His whole point was, like, we got to keep, like, the the number of people who know that I ordered them to jam the signal. We have to keep that number to an absolute mm-hmm. minimum.
2: Now, I think that at this moment, Mikhail is on the fence about what to do. I honestly do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I think he's a little, like, this is messed up. Because when he comes out there, he doesn't immediately kill them, which is, I think, what the move for someone like Mikhail would be. He walks Mm -hmm. out and he starts talking to him. And then he's like, why? Like, he's basically questioning them. And then they say, well, we're not going (laughs) to question Jacob or Ben. And he's like, well, you make a good argument. Yeah, they talk him into it. They (laughs) talk him in to killing them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I agree, I think he was on the fence up until they're like, hey we're loyal, do not we don't question our
0: orders. We start <laughs> doing that
3: this whole thing falls apart Before he could completely
2: do in, but he kills Greta, before he could completely kill Bonnie Desmond pops out with a spear gun and spear guns Mikhail in the chest, a move that I'm sure will finally kill him
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> This guy survived a lot so far <laughs> How much has he survived up to this point? He survived getting pushed into that electromagnetic whatever whatever
3: thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that's the only time he died. He got the shit kicked out of him by
3: Locke. Later, yeah, at the at the state the other station with the satellite dish or whatever, right? Or at the camp at the at the um. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Um he narrowly avoided uh being shot when he came upon them in the jungle with Naomi yes. right he only kind of like inveigled his way out of it by uh being a medic with her
1: I got better <laughs> <laughs> And then and then yeah now he's been spear gunned Through the chest, does this guy actually have some semblance of immortality, or is it just the the healing factor? Clearly, the island
3: island has plans. The island wanted all this to go down, right? I mean, I think we kind of almost have to say that. Yeah, I think Uh, we're
1: uh, (laughs) I think we're required
3: by law on this podcast to say that.
2: Um. Uh. So at least people, at least
1: find that frustrating.
2: At least people named Will. At least people named Will are required to say that. Um, so Desmond does get the bedroom, and they're asking Bonnie, like, we need the code. Like, And Charlie's, like, basically, like, Ben fucked you over. Just give me the code. And she starts giving the code, and she can't quite get it out. And then she says that it is
3: good vibrations.
1: I'm picking up good vibrations.
3: Mm-hmm. And she's like, it was programmed by a musician. Boom. You know?
1: And that's, uh, I guess, if you want to go with the whole fate thing, that's why it had to be Charlie, because they don't have the full code. They need a musician. And that's why Desmond
3: had to have Flashes of the Future and had to save Charlie like seven times before he got to this death.
2: But now, Charlie. Speaking of good vibrations, he's picking up good vibrations. He's feeling good. Him and Desmond are, like, in a great mood. They're like, hey, there's there's diving equipment. Oh, we got this. Like, nobody has to drown. I'm just going to plug in the good vibrations. And he goes <laughs> in, and he plugs in the cone, and the light goes off. The jamming signal is done, and he's like, I did it. He's like, and he's even like, ah, fate or whatever he says. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, so, so much, much for, for Faith. Mm-hmm. He's
2: very excited. He's going to leave that room. They're going to get out of there. And all of a sudden, he's called back into the room because there's a signal coming in. Mm.
1: There's a call. and <laughs> Should I answer it?
2: And he does. And it is Penny. It, 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 the signal comes through. And he says, um, he's like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're your boat. And she's like, what boat? Because that's not her boat. We know because it's not Penny's boat. Um, and-
1: I I think this is a really good misdirect because you know, we know it from the very big, be- not necessarily the very beginning of the season, but like the first Desmond I think flashback of the season. I don't I don't remember when, but like we had that moment where we're off island and we know that Penny is for sure looking for Desmond. Don't was don't that was the
3: two end two of season two, was it? Yeah, that was yeah, the cliffhanger yeah, at the end of season it. two
1: um so naomi saying that it was her boat is a really good misdirect Mm -hmm. because that's what we've been primed to expect we know that penny is looking for them and so to have this moment of penny being like that's not my boat that is a good it 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 pains me to admit it but it's a good um pulling the rug out from under the audience's oh it's
3: such a great moment you know and
2: and then we she realizes desmond's there and she's asking about Desmond and Charlie's. Called Desmond, but we notice Mikael has disappeared. And Charlie looks out the little porthole window, <laughs> and Mikael's there with a grenade. He's gonna.
1: I don't know why he had to swim out there to do that. Why he couldn't have just like <laughs> <paused.
2: laughs> thrown it through the door,
1: like? Well, uh, now I don't know. Maybe he thought Desmond would. Now stop here him.
2: we get to the part in my rewatch where I'm willing to nitpick a little bit more. It, but I don't really, this doesn't really bother me. Like, but I'm going to say this right now. Does Charlie need to die? Could Charlie have, mm. why didn't Charlie just get out of there? What is the difference at this he, point? He closed You've the door to
3: stop the whole station from flooding, I think.
1: Yeah,
2: but why couldn't he just be on the other side right.
1: of that well, door? It, I guess it I guess it depends on whether or not there was a, a hatch to for sure lock on the, the from the I'm outside. I'm
2: also going to say this. They have this diving equipment. They're gonna leave anyway. Who cares if it floats?
1: I concur. Well, I don't. think... But can, can they die put die it
2: either. on fast enough? You know to maybe uh... not. Maybe not. And also, you could argue that, like, the you know, that he feels the only way to save Desmond at this point. Like, look, there are lots of. To me, this is the door at the end of Titanic thing, <laughs> where yeah. it's like, I can, I can bend over backwards and tell you why he couldn't get on that door. But I could also be like, maybe he could have tried a little bit more. Yeah. You know?
1: I, I will say, I will say for Titanic, uh, there actually, uh, people always forget, but there actually was a moment where he, he tried does. to climb onto the door with Rose and it started to, to yes, fall or whatever. And so that's why he hopped off, but they could have taken turns.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's, there's a, but look, here's the thing. This is the nitpick of all nitpicks. If I wasn't on a podcast that I felt like part of the job was to nitpick, it wouldn't bother me. Because what we get then is one of the best moments of the series. One of the best moments of television. And I'll tell you what. I think the first time I saw it, I was so taken aback when Charlie is drowning and he writes Not Penny's Boat and he sends a message to Desmond Mm -hmm. that I was... I I think I was so taken aback by that that almost the emotions didn't hit me as hard as they could have, but this time watching it, his death really got to me. The way it's, the way he plays it, the way, like, everything about it, the look on his face when he realizes, Desmond realizes that he's gotten the messages like, almost like a satisfied smile, like, like, I did this thing, and it, and, and then he just kinda, he He kind of drifts back. He does the sign of the cross and he dies. And it's, 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 it got to me this time. I got very emotional watching this.
3: It's an emotional scene. And I was even still like, I really felt, you know, the heartstrings with the whole Penny Desmond connection, you know, and you can see when Charlie goes to slam the door shut, Desmond gets like angry and confused.
1: Because he doesn't he doesn't realize what Charlie's mm-hmm. doing. He's just like, there's Penny and this door is keeping me from talking to her. What's going on? What are you mm-hmm. doing? Um, Cause he doesn't know about Mikhail. Uh, I, I will say, I think if we want it, I I'm right there with you. Will, in terms of like nitpicking, I don't necessarily feel like Charlie had to die. I feel like there was enough time to close the door between when, um, He sees the grenade and when Mikhail pulls the pin, I feel like there was enough time to go and attempt their escape and everything like that. I feel like they had time. But if we're going to defend this moment, Charlie had only a couple seconds to make you know to make that decision yeah. yeah it's it's one thing for us to be on this side of the fourth wall and be like well they could have done this we yeah done this. but if you're actually in the scenario where you're looking at a guy holding a hand grenade on the other side of a glass you only have a, a second or two to make it, <laughs> the decision it, about what you're gonna it actually
2: doesn't bother me but it's like it's there was a difference when you're like watching something to critique it on a podcast and then when you're just watching something and so that's why i think (laughs) it you know um also i love the moment where charlie is this like where he's realizing he's gonna drown and he comes to the realization i i i know how to send him this message of not penny's Mm -hmm. boat like you see the wheels turning in charlie's head and it's really it's just a, it's just a, one of the most powerful moments of the series. And I would say also like there have been a lot of characters who have died on the show, but this is I I I I think it's fair to say the most beloved one that has now died.
3: This one hit me the hardest. Yeah, you know for sure. I
1: I think this is also. Probably the most meaningful character death yeah. on the show to date because I feel like a lot of other characters who died kind of died for shock value purposes. You don't think um, Anna Lucia's death was meaningful?
3: Like, Just kidding. It was obviously random.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't get into no, another no, no. Anna Lucia already, <laughs> Look, look, we've got, we're already an
2: hour 15 more into this thing. We can't yeah. get into an Anna Lucia thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of other deaths up until this point were done for shock value purposes. Um, and I think that includes Boone and Shannon as well. Mm. Um, but this one feels more than any other death, like the completion of a character arc, yeah. like the, the very thought out completion of a character arc. Because even, even Charlie using the permanent marker to convey this message, like that was one of the first things about him that we were introduced to him about way back in season one. So even that's just a little thing that kind of comes full circle. And, um,
2: and so the, that, you know, you brought up like Boone, like Boone's death more served Jack and Locke, Jack, Jack and Locke, arc. where yeah. this is a character death that kind of like serves itself. Yeah. Serves Charlie.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah. This is the, like I said, this is probably the most meaningful character death and i did want to ask i kind of looked around a little bit on like the the lostopedia like trivia page but i couldn't find anything um in particular about why they chose I- i'm sure there that it exists somewhere i'm sure like on the the commentary or anything like that but i'm not quite sure why they chose to kill off charlie like if if like it was oh. a like dominic monaghan didn't want to i mean it might have just been Hawaii like
2: anymore. i mean it's just showing a lot of characters that was about to introduce a yeah. whole bunch more and i guess maybe it just felt like his arc felt complete and i think it does feel complete
3: yeah, yeah i think that's right
1: and and to again to be fair they they definitely have been laying the groundwork for this death all season um so it, it feels less random than, like, Anna Lucia or Boone or Mr. Echo. Like, it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere. This does feel like the culmination of everything with Charlie that we've been building.
3: To and by this people. time, you know, the the showrunners, uh, Lindelof and Q's, I mean, they knew how many episodes they had left for the yes. whole rest of the show, so you can't just be, you know, keeping too many people and, alive. Or, yeah, and know. at
2: this, this is the point in the series where we start to get a little more forward momentum. Now, mm-hmm. um, Charlie doing this means now the SAT phone is gonna work. But they're still getting there's some like Michigas where they got a now oh well Rousseau's signal is still jamming it. So they, they go into the tower and they turn off her signal, her message that's been blocking it. And now Naomi can get a signal. And uh beg Ben is begging. For this not to like, oh, don't like, don't uh, uh, don't call. This is going to be the end of everything.
1: If, if you do, everybody on this island is dead. And
2: basically. that's when, and we've already talked about this moment, so we don't have to harp on it. Naomi gets a knife in the back from Locke.
1: No! But <laughs> that
2: leads to a great showdown between Locke and Jack where Locke has a gun on him and he's like, I'll shoot you. Like, don't make that call. And Jack doesn't is, back down doesn't back down and Locke backs down because i do think there is like i think you know i think Locke. although we see Locke has killed someone like still that personal connection that's a point he get, can't get past with these killing uh people and also what's he gonna do
1: good don't kill people <laughs> <laughs> stop doing that john
3: this is also a confrontation that that those two had been building towards for, like, forever, really, you know? And now it comes down to, are we going to get off the island or, you know, Locke, or is you and your superstitious mumbo-jumbo going to try and keep us on this this island, you know, the way Jack would see it?
1: Basically, um... You know, from that moment in season one when Jack uh, and Locke are, like, face-to-face with each other, you know, heading towards the hatch, and and Locke lays it all out. He's like, you're a man of science, I'm a man of faith, and, like, this is how I see things. And they've been diametrically opposed, basically, ever since. Even Even when they're working towards the same goal, a lot of times, like... The way they approach things has always been. And varied. that theme in
2: the relationship is gonna hit even harder by the end of season four. Now, um you know, so Jack doesn't back down. Locke does. He calls the freighter, and the freighter's all like they all sound all excited. And here's the thing. We watch a lot of TV. <laughs> I mean Yes. Was anybody watching this at this point and thinking, oh, they're going to be rescued? No, obviously Locke and Ben are correct about what's about to happen. Like, right? We know that. Like, we know instinctively as people who, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's supposed to be a surprise to anybody.
3: I did not expect them to get off the island, but I did also didn't think that Ben was being truthful because he's a freaking liar. And everything that he was saying just seems so outrageously false.
2: What about Locke's conviction? Like, I think I'm more sold on Locke's conviction than I am on...
1: Locke's the one that blew up the submarine to get them off the island. I I didn't necessarily trust him either.
3: I mean, I thought maybe Locke would... uh, I mean, originally, you know, I thought maybe Locke would keep them on the island somehow. And I always loved the John Locke character. So I thought maybe, you know, there's some mystical island stuff that he, he could key them into but i you know i i didn't expect them to actually get off
2: so speaking of getting off the island now let's let's dive into our flashback
1: i don't think we need to be coy about this this is the this is the like well, we already gave our spoiler well, well, warning. What's, funny about, <laughs> what's
2: funny about this is one problem will that megan and i've talked about a lot this Mm. season is we feel like there's a lot of spinning your wheels flashbacks that um we can't quite place in the character's history like where the hell is when Locke is working at like a like a a commune and when the hell did (laughs) he get married you know like it's shit like that that it's like okay now, I don't think this was—I think this is an unintended consequence of that, but this flashback, or what we, when we see it and think it's a flashback, yeah. pays that off a little bit in that you really can't place when the hell this is happening.
3: Oh, I was having so much trouble doing that when I watched it originally. But at the same time, I didn't question that it was a flashback, yeah, exactly, because that's all the show has ever done. A and B, we've seen Jack, you know, obsessed and kind of creepy, and you know, all like all these other problems before.
1: We've seen him hit lows. This is probably the lowest we've. As
3: ever evidenced seen by, can I just mention well. the elephant in the room here? Jack's beard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what happened with that thing on his face. Uh, but it it does not work for him. No, they. <laughs> I I
1: mu- I prefer a clean shave in Matthew Fox. Myself. Yeah, that
2: beard doesn't really work. Um, you know, but he's but we know he's in bad shape. You're right because the first time we see him, he's on. Yeah, a he's a mess. He's drunk. He's got that beard. He's distraught.
1: Yeah, he asks for a drink and they're like, "Uh, we're landing in 20 minutes." And he's like, "Please." And they're like, "No, we're cutting you off."
2: <laughs> and he is he is flying Oceanic and then he sees something in a newspaper that sends him even spiraling more. Spiraling so much that he's driving around LA on the brink of suicide
3: in a raggedy old Jeep. Yeah
1: actually driving around la this actually was a bit that was filmed on the on was the mainland it? not in hawaii yeah
0: it sure? looked
3: like la to me uh,
1: uh, according to the lostopedia trivia bit yes this is one of the few uh few bits that was actually filmed on
2: very mainland. interesting because and I the phone will...
3: number he calls later has a 310 area code i guess it doesn't mean where it was filmed but
1: but it it, yeah it's meant to say he is in okay that's interesting
2: because i thought there was only one scene that wasn't filmed in hawaii and it wasn't this one but
1: which one which one are you it's a
2: scene that happens in season four when ben confronts charles widmore and it's the only scene that was and it's an interior scene but it wasn't the only scene that wasn't filmed because the actor Mm -hmm. alan dale was committed to a play and he couldn't leave london but we'll get to that in season four. Let, let's move on. So <laughs> Jack is making a phone call and he gets, um, and he's like, and there's no, nobody answers. And he leaves a rambling message. And then he gets up on like an overpass and he's going to kill himself it's when there's a horrible car accident. And Mr. Fix-It realizes he has to jump into action. <laughs>
1: I I like this um I like this plot moment because as as we get revealed later the thing that uh, caused this accident was the driver being distracted by Jack being on that yeah. bridge but I I like this for two reasons one because if you want to take the the rational explanation Jack being a distraction on the bridge absolutely one hundred percent makes sense if you want to go the island like oh well jacob caused the accident in order to save jack i love it because jacob's main mo is vehicle-based violence (laughs) (laughs) it's like quite literally the only trick he has up his sleeve to get anyone to do anything is a vehicle-based there was the bus (laughs) earlier
3: in the season right
1: there's the bus and later um um uh Nadia. Um, Nadia, yeah. I was like, which character gets killed? I, I, Yeah, it's Nadia also gets killed by a car. And if if this is, in fact, Jacob at work, it's, it's another instance of him using a car <laughs> to get people to do what he wants. And I just, I find that absolutely infuriating <laughs> and hilarious. <laughs> in equal measure.
2: So... We see Jack then, uh, uh, he's...
1: Leap into action, and he's a hero. And he's in the
2: hospital, and they're calling him a hero, and... One guy even
3: calls him a hero twice over, and at the time you think, oh, it's because he saved the kid and the mom. Yeah. But...
1: And, uh, I, I, I will say to this episode's credit, um, even though, like, as an audience member, again, you're racking your brain trying to figure out where in the timeline this would take place in his past. That's probably the first – it's the second indication that this actually isn't a flashback. Yeah. Hero twice over, that's the first – that's the the second wink. The first wink is actually something I really didn't notice at the, the first time it aired, but it's his phone. His phone is the first wink that this isn't taking place in the flashback because it's a, it's a Motorola oh. and that particular brand of phone was not released until 2006, which they crashed in 2000. Megan
3: with the Eagle eye so, here.
1: I actually, I did not notice that I, this was something I picked up on when I was looking at the, at but, the but you studio. know what? I mean, I
2: noticed the phone even now I noticed the phone, but I never back then or then I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have known like when that phone came out. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Completely, completely uh, went over my head the first time I was watching this. But if you're paying attention, you know, and, and you're somebody who, who notices those types of things, that's indication number one, that this is a flashback.
2: Um, yeah. Well, his ex-wife, Sarah, she shows up because she still is emergency contact.
1: He should probably update
0: that.
3: She's like ready to birth. She's super <laughs> pregnant too, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. And, um, you know, he lies about not drinking. And then he goes back into his Jack mode, that he's the only one who could save things. He goes and finds mm-hmm. the woman who he saved from the accident. He's reading her chart. And mm-hmm. the new the new head of surgery comes in.
1: Which, not gonna lie, I didn't realize at first that this is the hospital that Jack works at. Because at first I kinda thought he just threw on a lab coat and like <laughs> snuck it into this person's room. It's like you don't even work here. But one
2: of the reasons that's something that I think I thought about more knowing it was a flash forward. Because in a flashback, it's like, well, yeah, he's a he's a doctor. He's not like, you know. Um and he's being all like, he's being He's being very shaky. He's got the shakes. He's being extremely yep. arrogant. He wants to do the surgery. He went, And the head of surgery is like, hey, man, we got the schedule for tomorrow morning. It's going to be fine. You did enough. Go home and have a drink.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Worst advice you could give. <laughs>
2: but instead, the next time we see Jack, he's driving around. And he, again, is trying to call someone who's not picking up. And where does he go? He shows up at a funeral parlor. And it seems to be the funeral for the person that he read about in that newspaper.
1: Yeah, because I think, like, if, you, if you're if you looking at it very closely, it says, like, man found dead,
2: d- mm-hmm.
1: d- d- un- unintelligible. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very hard. And we to don't
2: know that. who died. We just know that no one has shown up. Jack is neither family or friend
1: which they're being very coy about who is in this coffin and if i'm not mistaken the answer to that question doesn't get revealed until the end of season 4 yes. right somewhere
2: like,
3: during season 4 yeah it,
2: i believe it's the uh, no i believe it's if i'm not mistaken i believe it's the cliffhanger to season 4 okay i think I like don't, i don't think the remember. last
1: i i remember that they waited i a believe long the time. last <laughs> shot of
2: season 4 is 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 you see who's in the coffin
1: and and that's something that they actually filmed multiple endings to like they they filmed that scene with different actors in the coffin because there had been leaks previously and they really didn't want this particular reveal to get out so they did it with several different people um so that you know that if something did get out, it wasn't neces the surprise wasn't necessarily. They started ruined. taking
3: so many measures on the set of the show to for secrecy. And, it's crazy, and
2: that's even before like social media was as big as it is now. So, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: Um. Um. But I, I will say, like, we don't have to be coy about who's in the coffin. Like, we gave our spoiler warning. We can talk about <laughs> yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I actually, locked. yeah, yeah, it was Locke. But I, I actually don't know how much of a. Be- I mean, the only bearing I think it has on is maybe the statement he wasn't friends or family,
3: like.
1: Uh, and and with what's said later um, with Kate, like, why would I want right. to go? Plus, nobody yeah.
3: else shows up at the the viewing or whatever. And But I don't think that, that we would understand enough for that to have any resonance until we go through season four, right? Because yes, so exactly. many things, so many things.
1: But I mean, it, it does make sense because where Locke was at, at, at the point in his life, when he hopped onto that plane and ended up on that island, it does kind of make sense that nobody would show oh, up. Oh, for sure. You know?
3: Yeah.
2: So the next time we see Jack, he's trying to get his prescription of oxy filled. And they're like, they're like, no, and this is the aforementioned, he's called a hero twice, he's recognized, and he kind of just, he's like, well, here, you could use this uh, uh, prescription. They're like, well, that's, that's. You can't
3: write yourself a
0: prescription. And then he's like,
2: (laughs) and then he's like, no, it's my father. And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have to call They're your like, father's office.
1: Well, let's let's call
3: those up are the Shepherds. misdirects, no, you know. Because well, also when he's in the a... hospital, right? well, yeah,
2: I was, yeah. Let's get to that because then he goes to the hospital and he's stealing Oxycontin. and the the head of surgery sees him again, knows what he's doing, and base
1: which btw there's also a nurse <laughs> <laughs> like
2: right there too and he's like basically <laughs> trying to get jack some help here and jack goes on a drunken rant about you get my father down here and if he's if is if,
1: Woo,
0: how yeah. high is I mean, he? Right? I mean, <laughs> that's like,
3: he's in even worse shape than you think when you're first watching this episode because, like, you think this is the past, but, like, once you realize that his dad is already dead, it's like, okay, Jack's in even worse shape than, you know, you thought. And we we buy
2: this as a red herring. Like, this works for us as a red herring, right? We, it, or does it feel cheap? No, I think it works.
1: I, I, I think contextually okay. it works.
2: Um... And now let's just get to it, because this is really the reason for the 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 flashback, flash forward.
1: And and what, what proceeds to happen, like, it's ended up on, like, so many, like, internet lists of, like, great TV season finales and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, like, I, I think this would probably also, like, end up on, like, a list of, like, top 10 lost moments or something like that. Like, collectively, I think lost fans love what we're about to talk about
2: so jack is a mess he's got maps plane tickets what's going on with That's this guy and this is yeah. this is really the first hint of there is something weird about this like you still might not be thinking flash forward but it's like there's something there's something strange going on mm-hmm. and he finally gets a call back from that number he's been calling and he's like i need to see you and they meet up at the end of the runway at the airport you know, and
0: they're waiting.
1: (laughs) Nothing says romantic like (laughs) lax.
2: And a car pulls up, and the way this moment is handled, I think is done so well, because this was one of the all-time, most shocking moments of watching this series to me, that much like how I always say at the start of season two, when I realized there was somebody in that hatch, like this is... The other one that makes made me just like, this series isn't the series I think it is. Like, this yeah. is going in a way... And the other thing, it's so shocking, but from a, from a, a production standpoint, they play it perfectly. First of all, there's a slow buildup of Kate coming out of the shadows. But the other thing that's so smart, in my head, remembering this moment, it was such a, like, a bum-bum moment. But the <laughs> but, but that's just happening in my head because the music is so underplayed in the scene. It is yeah. there, but it is low. It's not like a shocking sting. Like the music does such a good job of not telling us how to feel because it knows how we are going to feel. Just seeing her come. Yeah.
0: yeah. That that we are the going music to- doesn't
2: give anything away either. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to see her come out of it and we're going to be so confused. <laughs> and and it is it is perfect
3: i think this scene is what is what lost does best at its best right it's it every reveal every shocking mind bending reveal that happens and there are like several in the space of a few minutes here at the end of the episode right it's like each one is dragged out and only you know comes and hits you like right at the last possible Moment, like it doesn't overstay, uh, you know the the time in which you're pondering what it is. Like right at the moment before you might understand, it hits you with the new information. You know that's that's how I felt watching it, and it just, and I think some to, to your point, what you said, Will, is it really opens up the whole show in a way that I mean, of course, I didn't see coming, but it almost turns it into. You know, I don't know if I would go as far as saying a different show, but it 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 kind of shows you that that this series is uh, greater in scope than you thought it was, which kind of it does at the end of every season. And the possibilities are kind of endless.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can can I be real (laughs) for a second? Um, I respect the writing of this flash forward. I, I respect it a lot, and I, I think it's exceedingly well done, well acted, and well executed. But for some reason, and I, I don't know why, emotionally, I feel nothing at this reveal. Really? I, I think maybe it's because... I remember being really affected by Charlie's death because I was in denial about it up until the very end, up until the moment where he actually died. But for some reason, I remember feeling nothing at this reveal. And maybe that's just because I was, there had been so much wheel spinning during season three that like this reveal didn't hit me as hard or maybe it was the the idea that they had introduced so many more questions in this episode of like who's in the coffin but the flashback well, almost feels like they're
3: spinning their wheels again until you realize that it's not a flashback Well, yeah, maybe until um, like the maps right then it's like wait a minute wait a but minute And that's, that's like,
1: it's like hold yeah. on um but yeah no no like like I said, I, I don't want to rag on this because it's it's excellent, and I understand that from a very intellectual perspective, and I have no idea why, but this reveal means very, very little to me, and I don't know why. One of the I don't greatest moments do, in Lost anything. when you're
3: like, eh, I'm not feeling it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, here's the thing i don't know why i legit don't know why like and that's why i'm like from an intellectual standpoint this is excellent i'm like the the writing the reveal the production value everything in it is really really good why doesn't it hit me why don't i feel anything why don't i feel the shock of like <gasps> is it like, possible that you were like, not i respect it but i feel nothing is it possible
3: that you're just like are you not really into the jack character in the show at all is it maybe something like that or because for me i mean i was um jack was one of my favorite characters and i was very kind of invested in his journey you know and so maybe that's no,
0: why uh, it hit that, me so hard uh,
1: i i find i i agree with will in a lot of ways in terms of like I'm really frustrated by Jack in a lot of ways in during this rewatch, but I also love Jack. Like um and I I really loved him during my first watch of this show. So I I have no idea why this flash forward doesn't hit me in the way that it should i I really don't and i I wish I did. I wish I felt something, but i don't it It really bums me out that, that i'm unaffected by it
2: within this final moment of the flash forward we're also presented with a few other questions that kept lost fans guessing for a while. I remember really breaking down everything they said um We already kind of talked about the thing with the funeral. why would she go? The he's going to be wondering where I am for a long time. Yeah, Everybody who's was that? wondering, who is he? Is it Sawyer? And is she with I'm, Sawyer? Now? I mean, that's you know. what it was like too obvious, it turns out to be. Yeah. Never saw that Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. And um, then of course we have Jack saying we we're, were not supposed to leave. And it's like, oh shit, that scene we just saw where Locke was telling him they're not mm-hmm. supposed to leave. Like, Locke is right. Because now Jack's saying it, and then of course Jack leaves us with the mantra
3: of this series: we have to go back. Oh man,
1: I don't know. I don't think that's gonna (laughs) catch on.
3: (laughs) My jaw was on the floor at that moment as that episode ended. When you know, when I originally watched it, it was just such a huge thing. And and frankly, like maybe the biggest question in my mind was: how does Jack get from? I'm gonna use this sat phone, and you can shoot me if you gotta do it. To we have to go back, right? To we were supposed to, we weren't supposed to leave. It's the most anti-Jack thing ever.
2: Well, if um, if you guys don't mind, if we move on to our our like final bit of business here, I I kind of want to start yeah, with sure. that, which is uh, my you know my good of the episode, my Jacob of the episode uh my pick is is jack and i am hard on jack i was hard on jack when the show originally aired i mean i like jack obviously but i'm i'm hard on him and this was i'm giving him my jacob of the episode because this is when jack starts to get it this is when Mm -hmm. Jack starts to understand what we all understand—that there's something more going on on this island, even if it's in this flash forward—and it was able to take this character that I do think was starting to get a little like we get Jack's damage, like we understand it, like that was becoming a little old hat, and it does take it to now a level of oh, that we're we're gonna we're gonna take this guy further and it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting, and it's going to be maybe even in some lock-type territory. And that all really worked for me, and that worked for me going forward with the series in a way that sometimes Jack in season two and season three felt a little like we get it. Uh, so that's my, my Jacob. Mm. Um, uh, Megan, would you like to give us yours?
1: There's a
2: lot of good stuff. There.
1: Um, and that like that that final moment. Even though it, I didn't necessarily feel the emotional gut punch that it was supposed to be, like I said, it's very well written and very well executed. Um, Charlie's death scene absolutely excellent. And like I said, there's a lot that's really iconic in this episode. Heck, Ben getting punched in the face repeatedly—that's
0: than that <laughs> <It's just dumb. laughs>
1: um, But I'm gonna give it to the moment. Hurley comes in with the van because when when we initially had the van episode, like we talked about how it kind of felt like a filler episode, even though it was a lot of fun. Um, but for me, you know, Hurley eventually becomes the steward of this island. And we've had uh, the buildup for the last couple episodes of multiple characters Wanting to protect Hurley, but basically calling him useless. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a, a fantastic moment where it's like, don't you dare ever underestimate this character. Again.
3: <laughs> that was um, this whole season. <laughs> this whole season yeah. prefigures, you know, the ultimate uh, choice of Hurley as protector at the end, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it so it, it was just, it was exceedingly gratifying to have. A character where everybody's you know people who are his friends and who care about him dismiss his worth his worth basically and he literally comes in (laughs) and (laughs) and wrecks shop in a way that's both hilarious and badass and that is like if you really boil Hurley's character hilarious and badass I think could be the tagline for that character (laughs) in a lot of ways and so it's surprising it was fun it was funny and it was awesome uh
2: will what is your jacob
3: wow i mean i i'd like to be more original but i think the wills are gonna have to agree on this one that for me it was it was jack i mean and his whole i guess it's not the moment of his transformation at the very end but that's when we realize he's had this transformation and that was the big turnaround for me at the end of this episode. It's like now he is on a more spiritual path, even though he's a wreck, you know he he definitely does not have his shit together he's He's a broken man in in many ways, but he's like finding his way back in a sense, and that to me was was the big thing, you know and and in a great reveal. That's the way I like him. I like Jack as a broken man.
2: <laughs> um- <laughs> I'll also say this.
1: We're so mean uh, to. We're so mean to I'll, Jack. <laughs> I will
2: also say this. Um, I think in reality, the Jacob is Charlie dying, but we, you know, oh. that's that's too obvious. I mean, yeah, too obvious. I wasn't I, gonna. I, I wasn't gonna. Remarkable. I wasn't gonna pick it, but, <laughs> I, but only because it's so, it's like almost too obvious. Like that's the it's the thing. Um,
1: I mean, again, it's it's an iconic image uh for a reason like almost so much so that like memory is a funny thing like i honestly remember the reveal of charlie dying and the the you know we have to go back for some reason i remember them being s- different episodes they are though, <laughs> aren't they
0: <laughs> no
2: no the same episode it's the same hour it's episode okay three. yeah yeah you're right so. um
1: um but but like again that's how
3: you know maybe it's because when when charlie goes when charlie dies that's sort of the the wrapping up of his arc And, and it was and it was very heartfelt and it hit me hard emotionally and and of course the thing with penny's boat but for me the very very end with with jack was the bigger revelation and and hit me uh, in a way that that engage my curiosity until the next yes. season, and maybe that's why one hit one hits the emotional beat and one hits like kind of the intellectual beat
1: well, and here's the thing like you were saying that emotionally they're two different um it's two different it's two different emotional moments, like one is the bookend saying goodbye yeah. to a character and one. Is almost the beginning of a completely new story, so it's yeah. like we have the end of one thing is the start of something, okay. new. and in a way,
3: Charlie's okay at the end. I mean, he accepts it, he you know, he's very heroic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, he's he's doing great. So, <laughs> the um,
0: next, <laughs>
2: um, for my, I, and we don't have to get into it more, but the only thing I bump on in this whole episode really is the, the love triangle stuff, which uh, I'm not gonna get into so that's that's my that's my man in black megan what's yours
1: um i mean yeah it could be the same and i've said it i've said it multiple times this season and i feel bad (laughs) but yeah i hate the love triangle stuff it's dumb
3: um will what's your man in black i mean if i had to pick and i think this is kind of nitpicky Uh but I think yeah, for this for this finale, it would be the love triangle stuff. Because like you're right, it's like the stakes are so high, and then it's like, oh my god, she kissed him. Yeah. Uh like (laughs) climb to the level. Kate has
2: bigger fish to fry than being upset about that.
3: I Um, kind of like when I see her being upset at Jack for that, and she you know, she doesn't say anything, but she gives that like look. I'm like, Well, you did you just had sex with Sawyer. In a cage, with Jack watching. Um, yeah, do, uh, do, yeah. Do you? Just, when... I mean, can you legitimately like claim to have a right to be that upset at that moment? I don't know. I don't know either. So...
1: Another example of why the polar bear sex scene is the worst <laughs> thing that has ever
0: <laughs> happened in Lost.
1: Even worse. Oh, second only to Jack's tattoo. Will.
0: <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah. Where can the people find you?
3: well i produce and co-host a podcast called mechadragon you can find us at mechadragon.net we are on um, all kinds of you know platforms including apple uh, uh apple podcast and uh, megan as a matter of fact has guested on the show several times she was our wow. horror maven during the month of october <laughs> halloween month and uh, uh you can also find me at my website william-marlo.com i'm on twitter as socal author Nice, uh Megan.
1: Uh, it was a lot of fun being on your guys's podcast to talk about horror things. <laughs> I especially liked uh the Halloween episode where we talked about trick or treat. That was a such good a good, good time. So a thank good you again. Thank, thank you again for having me on for the month of October. Yeah. It was so. Sorry, fun. I made you while um, She dies tomorrow, but- though. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Water under the bridge. All will listen.
3: I
2: well, <laughs> we'll take this offline sometime. But I don't think that's a bad movie.
1: It's I, it was pitched to me as a horror movie. Yeah, and it's then I like what I thought it, it was. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. no! <laughs>
3: okay. No, we have good things to say about it too. Um, there's a whole episode of Mecha Dragon about it. Uh, give that a listen. Um. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, if you want to keep up with me, I'm uh, at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where my roommate Katie and I talk about horror things. And I am also a member of Rooster Team Radio, where me and my co-hosts talk about Rooster Teeth related productions. Right now, the latest uh, volume—I don't know when this episode is going up—but at the moment, we are talking about the latest volume of Ruby and the latest season of Red versus Blue, RVB Zero. Which both of those have been fantastic so far, so go uh go check those out. They're a lot of fun. You can
2: follow me on Twitter at the real Will link, and you can buy my novel, Crazy about Kurt, uh, you know, buy it on Amazon because that's where you buy things, particularly during a pandemic, I guess. So buy that book. um thank you, will so much for joining us. Uh this was a blast. My we should pleasure. We would love to have you back uh, next season possibly. You know? Would love you it.
3: Go. And I know that there's no room for me on the constant episode. Boo hoo. <laughs> it's like uh, we don't
1: we don't know yet. We don't know we're, what we're doing we're, for that we're
3: yet. We're gonna discuss all of this. Uh, no forward. worries. I'd be happy to come back for uh, anything, although, you know, I'm always good for a season finale as well wow
1: (laughs) definitely you did a great job talking about oh thanks
3: thanks i was like i felt like i had a slightly shaky start um but uh you know it was fun well thank you
1: nonsense you're great thank (laughs) you
3: all so much thank you for listening and
2: until next time see you in another life brother hey there everybody I'm Will Link of No Love Lost, with me as always.
1: Megan Salinas, hey everybody.
2: And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network.
1: Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island, uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcasts put on by this fantastic network.
2: If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM Kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door. Also on the network, uh, Proud to be Kinky, uh, Drinks with God, And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called?
1: Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will Mm. he? I don't know. Spoiler
2: alert. uh, Not as frequently as usual. (laughs) But you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, These are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. We're on the same network.
2: (laughs) So yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows.
1: And don't forget to rate them all five stars, and also rate us five stars.
2: Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us, might as well give us a rating.
1: (laughs) You're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys.